everyone. Today I have a special treat. I have two guests joining me today and we're super excited for this one. So back by popular demand is Scott from Zayo. We had such a great chat last week and he has plenty more to offer. So I'm thrilled to welcome him back with his insights. So thank you, Scott, for joining mm -hmm. me again. Very kind of you. And I'm joined by Jason, who is the bass player from Evergreen Terrace. I do like bass players for all those people who are asking why I never have them on my podcast. Um, I have all the time. <laughs> I have all the time in the world for him. He makes me laugh a lot. We like to nerd out, and that's kind of what we're going to do today. I was lucky enough to see Evergreen Terrace when I was in the US. They are the only band I've seen in this two-year weirdness that we're in. So. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry you haven't seen any other bands than mine. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot better ones out there. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today, and we are really going to focus heavily on our love for video games. But what I thought might be nice is to let everyone listening know the relationship between both you two and also your band. So Jason, perhaps I'll throw to you to share some memories of how you and Scott know each other and Evergreen hmm. Terrace and Zayo. I don't know if... You'll remember uh, much of this, Scott, but mm -hmm. I actually first met Zayo in like 99 or so. I was in a band called Stalemate that just like had a demo that we gave out in sandwich bags and stuff. Uh, but we played, I, I already was a fan. I think y'all had out uh, Blood and Fire. Okay. And it was a time when Dan was like playing bass and singing. Okay. So I was, I was there. In yeah, we... We played at some like skate park. This is like 99-ish in like South Carolina. Okay. And y'all were there. And I remember being like kind of nervous, just that, oh, I was going to meet this band <laughs> I liked. And then th th they could, couldn't have been nicer. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, kind of during that time frame, that band Stalemate, we had picked up an N64 on the road and like set it all up in our little camper van. So we were just losing sleep playing uh, <laughs> like Ocarina of Time and all that. Uh, into the morning and then um i we also have been friends uh i think about 2005 was the first time uh, evergreen and you all were able to to get on the road together i think we did a tour with throwdown and uh yes i think we just stayed friends after that yeah, <laughs> yeah. i remember i think i totally remember stalemate so mm. and i've i remember we played a couple times with y'all there was even like a fest in texas we did we were sort of like a pop punky band but yep okay and then the the show in south carolina at the skate park was that the one that got weird was it shut did it get like shut down is that, that <laughs> i don't remember because <laughs> there was one there was a weird show we played at a skate park and the stage was literally like the the one i think it was like right near like the one half pipe that they had i think this is it yeah, yeah it was like a weird they, corner yeah and it was it, i think weird. they shut i think we played <laughs> and it got shut down and then we like like police came and then we they were like it was too loud it was like a it was somebody complained about the, the volume and then we like quietly played like a johnny cash song for fun and then they like yelled at us and we like had to get to done <laughs> I think that's that might be that's one probably, probably the same one, but I, yeah. I don't remember. It was in this weird corner, and it was a big yes. show. But yeah, yeah. Some of those, man, how tough, Jason. You probably I mean, some of those early like two thousand shows and like that whole like Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, shows were so insane back then. Yes, and 
now i don't know if you guys if evergreen kind of seems or sees this as much as we do but like it just doesn't feel like it used to to us anymore like Mm -hmm. shows are way like because i think what happened is like this scene got to a point where like shows became everything that we were like kind of not for like shows because when we would do shows and i'm sure evergreen i know evergreen did this too because it was a lot of them were like diy shows or they were like but they were huge like yeah at a skate park that just some guy did and they were like four or five hundred people there and now when you play like legit clubs you have it's kind of tough to get 300 people to come to shows i mean if we get like two or 300 people we're like oh my gosh okay this is great and this is before covid even this is like from 2015-16 yeah it just doesn't feel like it used to but you know what uh seems different to me about it a lot too is that and i don't know if this maybe has something to do with it at all but when i was younger i mean when i was in high school there was a ton of bands playing shows that were high school kids uh, or, you know, or whatever uh, in early college, but there's not like, there's not as many like young people showing up. There's a lot more 21 and up shows. Yeah. That's Um, maybe it's a little weird to like hang out with teenagers or whatever. I'm not saying, (laughs) but just like, Hey, let them buy a ticket. (laughs) Like, well, that's, and that used to be all ages, you know, like that was a thing. Like I'm not playing a show. It's not all ages. That's weird. You know, but nowadays that's, pretty normal like yep that could um, be it because you have like all like you're saying all the bands are like the age bracket where like they would bring all these college and high school kids because that's kind of what it was now like when you're our age like you don't you just got to hope for people that remember your band it's not like you're like able to like kind of promote to like college kids but you know whatever we used to even go out to the college here at night and Mm -hmm. put flyers we put a flyer on every car like in the dorms and stuff just like who cares if they know what the hell this is? You know, like, yeah, they might maybe, just come. Yeah. yeah, we might convince some metal kid to get into it or whatever. <laughs> That's it. I think we even wow. played at UNF back in the day. There was a show we played with Indecision and Kenderia at a college. Oh, wow. Yeah, just in some room. It wasn't like a venue. Mm-hmm. Just, I know so many of those you shows. Go down the hall there, and there's a hardcore yeah. show in there. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened in Australia. Shows in university oh. dorms, I kind of feel like I missed out a little bit. I guess what would be nice to start off is perhaps the first memory or interaction you had with a video game console. And then if you can talk me through the evolution to now. So I got the NES for Christmas as a kid. I think I might have been five or six. I know that I was, I still believed in Santa Claus. So I was at least under 16. uh, yeah I remember like it wasn't even wrapped and I went out at like five in the morning you know my parents had probably just put it under the tree and it was still in the box and I dropped on my knees like I was worshiping thank you Santa (laughs) and then I I wasn't very good at games until I got I wouldn't say good at them either after that but um Nintendo Power if you got an, um, a subscription to it, it came with Dragon Warrior, or that's what they called it in the States. So it was Dragon Quest everywhere else. But that's a turn-based like RPG. And I had never heard of that, nor, you know, so I'm just like a kid and I tried to figure this game out. And for some reason I became really fascinated with it. And I was like lost sleep. I was like staying awake 
hiding from my parents to like play this game for hours. Um, and it takes a long time to beat. I don't know. I got really into those games. I think earlier, Scott, I said, then after that, I got like Dragon Quest uh, one through four on that game. And I really uh, regret getting rid of them. Uh, so I kind of continued along in that sort of thing. I like the turn-based RPGs. I never really owned an SNES. And then the next time I owned a system was an N64 when uh, Stalemate went on tour and we got one at like a pawn shop and just ganged up on a bunch of games and uh, we would stay up all night playing Ocarina of Time and then we'd get motion sick trying to play 007, like driving through the mountains. <laughs> That's really it. And then kind of these days I I've settled into the more turn-based RPGs, which stands for role-playing game. Someone at home is listening, doesn't know what I'm saying at all. But yeah, so they're sort of derivative of the Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. But those are things I like. And because they're turn-based, I can think about what I'm going to do. That helps me win. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott, what about you? What was your evolution? It, it's funny because it's super similar to Jason. So I got the first system I had was a Nintendo. And it was the same thing Christmas. I don't remember how old I was. I, I don't. I think I was maybe because I think I got it a little later than some of my friends. So I was a little yeah, older. Me but like too. I was the like last kid on the block to get one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I got, it was Christmas. And we I remember it was like one of those like movie type things because my dad hid that present and I got everything else. And I'm like kind of bummed. And then he's like, oh, there's something over behind that chair. Oh, wait, what's, oh like Christmas story? Yeah, like or like, did you see Eight Bit Christmas yet? It's sort of, no, it's sort of like, I totally oh, meant to. It's so good, but yeah, it's sort of like that too. So um, I'm crippled by choice for things to oh, watch. Oh yeah, days. it's so hard. It's really there's too much to watch, but so, but my games that I love, and this is funny because I totally separated. I the RPG like the turn based RPG stuff was always stuff that I couldn't get myself into. I was always like hack and slash, like roll like immediate like a good beat up yeah like so i would play like my favorite games were mike tyson's punch out contra and oh contra con i, I uh, play contra like twice a month oh it's so it's insane actually <laughs> the the guy that i work with now at the video game store has a legitimate like contra i he's like one of the highest rated contra players in in the states oh, wow. <laughs> It's like awesome. Um, so, but yeah, so my, and then I loved like the battle toads and all that kind of like just platformer type stuff, Mario games, all that. So like that really was what opened me up to getting into video games and then Mortal Kombat, like the beat em ups. So like, I got, mm. I got kind of pushed into that, loved all that stuff. Uh, I did end up eventually getting a super Nintendo. I did get an N64. Um, and then I was, I started out in that next phase, like when it went to discs, I started out with PlayStation and PlayStation 2. And then I went back and got a GameCube because of all the cool, I mean, there are so many amazing GameCube games. Dude, and then, yeah, there really are. Oh, there's just so, like, I, we, my, I oh, got, uh, yeah, me and Andrew uh, lived together for a long time when, um, kind of like when wolf biker was out like 2007 ish okay. and a friend of ours uh that was a big gaming uh, game collector let us borrow his gamecube so we just yeah there's God, so we much played the shit out of that thing oh there's so much good stuff but the one game me and my wife played all the time was super mario sunshine like i got I, I was totally just completely engrossed with that game 
and we bought my daughter a switch for Christmas and they did like a up convert for like the switch oh, yeah. for super Mario. So we were like, we got to play that and all the switch Mario games are unbelievable. Like all that stuff we get, like I've been able to kind of like piggyback on, Oh, we've got to buy it for my daughter. It's not for me. Oh man! <laughs> so I get to play that, <laughs> but I have, I have an Xbox one that I still, I, I play. And that's when mm-hmm. I got into, I think what, helped me get into sort of RPG world was when I had a PlayStation. Do you remember the Baldur's Gate games? Oh, that's my... Yeah, uh, yeah. I never played them, but yeah. I will divulge in a moment about my... Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So Baldur's Gate opened my whole world because it was like sort of RPG, but you also had hack and slash. Like you could do yeah. all like the cool stuff and level up and everything that I loved about it. And then I was able to just like kill everybody too so i like i got super (laughs) excited about that but but yeah so that game i got really into those Baldur's gate games um and now like i play like the gta games i like and Mm. red dead redemption one and two are great games i'm also like a pretty big hockey guy so i play hockey a bunch um but i still like i was i sent pictures weird i literally i I've been playing Nintendo now for like a couple of days since we started talking about it. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> going to post some of our photos that we have in our, our text. <laughs> I got the, um, I, I got my stack of minis here. So I got the little PlayStation mini. Oh, those are great. Yep, yep. Yeah. They, each one of them has like 40 games on it or whatever. Got my the SNES, little Genesis. Yeah. Oh man. I didn't, I've never, I haven't seen the Genesis one. That's yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's got a bunch of good games on it too. Uh, it's like the, uh, Fantasy Star and a bunch of you know, Son- Sonic and all that stuff. Oh, Fantasy yes. Star is a goofy old one, but it is I love fun. Fantasy Star is all right. I'll tell you. So my brother got a Commodore 64, and I guess mine is different. It could be my gender as well, but I started off playing a game called Lords of Midnight, which was like, it was all typing, so it'd be like, look at tree, and it was all like text, uh, like all the text wow. games. So it was amazing and I just thought it was so cool and I would spend hours on it too and I was quite little because my brother's nine years older than me um okay and so that's kind of how I got into RPG like from all the typing turn-based games and then yeah I got into Baldur's Gate so a lot of mine's PC based so okay I love Doom I love Baldur's Gate I love Dragon (sighs) Age (laughs) oh I totally forgot about Doom I love Doom yeah and then like Baldur's Gate was my favorite game. Like I just loved that. And then I guess that was my gateway into like Skyrim and, and Elder Scrolls Online, like just all of that stuff. But I was also a massive Sega girl. My dad had a friend that worked, um, I think, at Mattel. And so he had all these consoles and games. So I was obsessed with Monster Boy. In oh Wonder- yeah, and like Fantasy Star, massive Sonic fan. As I told you, I went to Sega World, which we'll get into later. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like a massive fan of the Michael Jackson Moonwalker game. Like when the Mega Drive came Very out, good. I thought it was like the best thing ever. I could never get past the graveyard level. I still don't think I can. But yeah, so I was all PC based, but I love PlayStation. I love RPG, like Final Fantasy. And- as a real quick, as a Sega fan, did you watch the Sonic movie? No, I haven't. I just. I have this thing where I don't want it to ruin my like world and my illusion, my construction so, of it. Have you? Yeah, how is yeah. it? I did. Yeah. I actually really, really had fun with it. Okay. I thought it was, and I do think that when they went back and redid Sonic's whole like look, I think it really saved the movie because the look that they had originally was pretty 
It looked pretty creepy. bad. And is yeah. it James Marsden? Like James Marsden's hot. Is yeah. he the voice? Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah. I watch it for him. So, so. <laughs> yeah, and Jim Carrey is Robotnik is. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty good. Like I, I would say, every movie I go into now, I just always just say I'm going to be disappointed, so I don't care because Dude, a I'm never disappointed. Gotta be really bad for me to not like it. That's how <laughs> I am too. Like every, like, like, I liked Green Lantern. Oh, dude. I, I like I'm Ryan the, Reynolds, so I yeah, I'll give yeah. Ryan Reynolds anything. I'm so the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll watch but, Green Lantern again, man. <laughs> I, I might do that. What do you think I just, it was going to be? <laughs> well, that that's another like with the whole Star Wars problems everybody has now. Like, what do you think it was going to be? <laughs> did you not watch the original movies? Are you going to tell me that those are like Godfather style? No, they're just fun. Like, just watch them yeah, and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being very quiet as someone who studied film at university. Like, oh, don't, no. don't get, okay. don't bite your tongue. No, no. I so, I so kind of to, um, to tie a little bit of this in, I do think that RPGs are a fantastic way to tell a story. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what originally drew me in to those kind of games is like, oh, oh, it's not a game. It's like it's telling you a story and you get to be a part of it. And like, it's a little more immersive. And I think that's what sort of drew me in. And then uh, you were talking about, Jen, when you had to type in that game and it, and it had me thinking about when, when I was a kid, I feel like you had to use your imagination a little bit more because the graphics were a little, you know, weren't quite there. Yeah. So I, I think that part of it, kind of, like nowadays, I don't have to use my imagination when I'm playing a Switch game because it looks yeah. insane. insane. I'm just yeah. in awe at, at the artwork of some of it, but... You know, when you're a kid, you really had to have to, you get drawn into your own head a little more, especially with those Dragon Quest games I was playing, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah, I guess that's a really good segue into, I guess all three of us, we are gamers and we are so pro them. There's a lot of arguments, you know, video games are at the brunt of a lot of negative talk, especially when it comes to mental health. But I've always viewed, especially something like Skyrim, which I will never shut up about, because I just think (laughs) the amount of people it hires, the graphics, like the music, like the composers that are involved in it. And I know we can talk about soundtracks later. Like there's heavy mm-hmm. metal bands playing, you know, like the soundtracks are huge for like Grand Theft Auto and some of those mm-hmm. games. So for me, it, it was always escapism, but I was never drawn towards like, you know, like Doom scared the shit out of me. I couldn't play it. I didn't like hack and slash I so much. <laughs> I like to be, I like to always be a mage or an archer you know like I like the distance things I like the magic (laughs) so I think you know I wondered Scott maybe I can throw to you you have you know your daughter plays games do you Mm -hmm. have parameters and rules around it now because it was very different I guess when we were growing up we can talk about some of the funny behaviors like remote controls being hidden and I know Jason's got some funny stories but now as a parent (laughs) what because you like games I wonder whether your (laughs) perception or the rules that behave perhaps you place on Sydney are they can you tell me a little bit about how you approach that I guess I just approach it as like I would anything dealing with her age so I don't necessarily stop her from any any game but I do watch and we're and you know it's really actually bizarre because she's never in to the like the bad parts of the game which I don't consider anything bad but like say when she was a little bit like younger, I would have Grand Theft Auto on. And what we would do is I wouldn't play the game and do all the like, be around people where they're swearing and then shooting people. 
we would you wouldn't go uh, out. drop the helicopter and then go to the top of the building and just start massacring people yeah <laughs> yeah we would, i wouldn't do that skip that bit out yeah but what i would do is like in in because i think she was still pretty little when i had five which has been out for a while now which I, and they need to do six i think i just saw something today but oh, God. so you you can you can literally take your character and just go out into the woods right mm-hmm. and all the like animals and like trees and all the stuff we would go out there and just walk around until we'd see like a bunny or like see like a like a fox or a deer <laughs> so like i would do that in the game with her <laughs> for like the, like the for explorative little... stuff right? yeah like we would go around yeah. and explore like the, the, the trees and like all the cool like scenery and she loved all that stuff but with like there's really nothing on switch that she has that has anything that i would be worried about yeah um and i'm really not worried about a lot of that stuff i i do think like even with movies she watches like she doesn't really want she doesn't have a fascination with anything like that she kind of likes she still likes kind of animated movies and she's not like pushing the boundaries for herself um but i mean and like i this is going to kind of go into what we're talking about with with um how video games are in a broader sense to like society but you know some of the most disgusting weird things you can do in movies and video games i mean the japanese culture has a lot of terrible stuff but Japanese culture, if you look at their murder rates and all that kind of thing, are pretty low compared to what America is, right? So I tend to think entertainment doesn't have an effect on people. I think it's more the person and maybe what they let open up, I guess. But I don't see a, a correlation with just because you're playing Grand Theft Auto, you're now going to be a guy that wants to go shoot anything. Or because yeah, like I'm... Yeah. I'm not like I don't even I never hunted I'm not even like I can't even do that like I'm yeah I've never owned a gun I don't care about owning a gun (laughs) and I don't I don't have a sword you know (laughs) 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 I I love playing a game with a big sword I've never I don't go out there and dual wield around yet (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I I guess this is going to be a good conversation about this because like my view is that art can be as insane as it needs to be i don't think art entertainment any of that kind of stuff is is to blame but what it is is an easy thing to blame when you don't want to deal with legitimate problems in your society if people look for something like especially when there is nothing to be blamed Mm -hmm. people really want something to blame yep um just in a general sense so yeah when there's not a scapegoat they'll find one Uh, especially if uh, their problem, if it's very complicated, it's easier for them to just be like, well, it's that thing. You yep. know, instead oh, of, yeah. oh, it's all these things and probably mm. all of us together are to blame. You know? Yeah, uh, I right. had a really fascinating discussion with my neurologist about the topic. I was just going in for just a regular checkup and he was talking about, you know, there is a diagnostic criteria for it, but interestingly enough, it falls under the addictive personality type of category. So there is Mm. a diagnostic criteria for gaming disorder, but as he said, which is a brilliant point, you have to look holistically at the whole individual, their environment, Mm -hmm. what's going on with their life. And I guess the next question I kind of want to ask you guys is like, why do you play video games and how would you assess your mental health when you are playing them? Because I know for me, some days I dedicate a whole day 
just because I'm so excited to get in it. Other days, I just want to be quiet and I like listening to the Skyrim soundtrack and I'm not really like doing any of my quests. I'm just, I don't know what to do with myself necessarily. I can get a bit ADHD and restless. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try and keep my mind focused rather than spiraling on negative thoughts. And then there are some times when I think playing computer games is probably best for everyone when I'm not, <laughs> in, a, when I'm not in a good headspace. And I kind of just want to process so I can mm -hmm. tune out with escapism. But I think everybody knows their limits. You know, like I love surfing. I love being outdoors. So there's a time and a place where like I would definitely be addicted to it. Like I think when you get a new game and I can play it for hours on end, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk now or I'm going to do that. But I just wondered if you ever check your mental health when you're playing it and why you are playing it. I think for me, um, I definitely feel the same way like I can check it pretty good like I get you know if I get a new game I will definitely get completely involved but I usually after about two hours tops I'm kind of burnt so I'm like ready to go on to another thing and go outside like I do I love yeah. being outside a lot and doing all that kind of thing so I think but I never actually now to think of it I never genuinely like sit and think about my mental health while I'm playing the game and I never feel, but, but I guess that's easy for, as a, as a personal thing, like I never feel that it affects me in any negative way. Mm. But like you said, Jen, I, I don't know if I played the right game. I probably would be able to sit for like a whole day and just be totally addicted to that thing. So I'm that, sure. that mm. definitely probably could creep in. And I'm pretty sure I, I think I probably have done that, but recently in the last like five years, I don't really remember anything where I was like, so just involved that I wasn't able to break out of it. I, I do think for me, games are more for a chill and definitely for escapism. Even when I play like sports games and I get angry when I'm losing, <laughs> it's yeah. still like, it's th for, it weirdly relaxes me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, can get, <laughs> yeah. I can get weirdly worked up over some Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, especially yeah. if you're playing mario kart online boy you I can't imagine you jason getting like angry at like the tv it's a funny thing, but... i think i might just yell one cuss word out and i'm like oh man i bet my neighbor heard that like, <laughs> they heard that one thing just so I went, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for you jason i get the impression and please you know correct me if I'm wrong but you you know you seem to have a pretty good grip on it you genuinely enjoy it and it's just like a little bit of like I'm done with a really you have a really hectic job right so you come home you just kind of want to chill out um yeah well uh, for me I have trouble enjoying them unless like I've done certain things I, I won't be able to sit there and, and and just concentrate on it if I haven't cleaned the cat litter or whatever you know or, or like vacuum the house uh, a lot of times I feel like oh if I want to sit down and play video games tonight I've got to do like yoga first or something you know <laughs> like I gotta because otherwise I won't be able to sit there that long I'll start to get uncomfortable you know <laughs> like if you're gonna sit yeah. in one position for a long time on a couch stretch your legs out first yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> But that speaks, and you know, that goes into personality too. Like if you have like, a lot of people are like that. Like I like to have the whole house clean and stuff before I kind of sit down and binge watch whatever I'm going to do on Netflix. Because then yeah. I don't feel guilty. It's like, I then my brain won't be ticking over. Yeah, that. I've earned it yeah. in my own head or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I don't know how healthy that is. Correct. Um, but I guess it's a little bit of our personality spectrum of like how we engage with it. 
I do have uh, anxiety issues sometimes, and I feel like I can't play video games when I'm dealing with that. Like, I won't be able to sit down. I'll have to just pace the house or, or do something else physically to deal with that. Um, what about a weight? You could get a weight and physically interact. Yeah, I, I could play Wii, yeah, sure. No, I, I, for some reason, when I'm really dealing with that, uh, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I'll think, oh, I need to play a game or something, just calm down, and I just can't do it. I have to find another way. It usually just involves like walking around the neighborhood or. I find <laughs> myself in this, in, I totally agree. There's when, when anxiety, like any kind of attacks or anything like that happens, there's n nothing that I would be sitting there doing this with would help. Like it's, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like I got to get the blood flowing to, for yep. some reason, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, like your vagus and your adrenal nerves and regulating your emotional system that, you know, and then if you're playing a video game, that stimulates all that. So I guess that's mm. probably why it's counterproductive uh, to do. Yes, I've learned a lot about regulating my that's nervous good. system. See, now, we, now I know. Good. Yeah, good. yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll think like, oh, it'll just be too bright, flashy. Like, <laughs> I can't have that right now. <laughs> well, I find it interesting. I'm like, a, I would, I hate labeling myself, but I, I know that I'm a highly sensitive person in, in many regards. And so when I'm in those heightened states like anxiety, the immersiveness of something like Skyrim, it can make me cry, the music, everything. Like I get mm. so, it has, and I don't even know what I'm associating that with, but it's just like, uh, it's just all those feelings erupting. So I know too, that sometimes it's not ideal to Good play music that Good music is moving. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the soundtracks of, you know, they're like all these like Norwegian, Scandinavian, like composers oh, and, and it's amazing. But, but I did want to talk about, so did, when you were younger, did, your parents ever threatened to unplug like I've had the Sega unplugged on me I've been you know like turned the computer off before saving um mm. I've had remote controls hidden so when I was younger I definitely feel like from a parent's perspective they'd be like well you've got gymnastics and you've got your homework and you're not doing that so I feel like for them they would hide the remote and it got more and more creative especially when um Sonic and Tails <laughs> came out the real worry was msn messenger and like icq because i was on them forever like chatting at high school but did your parents or did you ever have any behaviors that uh where that happened um me yeah i got grounded <laughs> i got grounded a lot like <laughs> i wasn't a terrible kid but i was constantly under underperforming in school for whatever reason cutting class i was just a goof off you know so I would get in trouble a lot, but nothing, I wasn't getting in fights or, you know, I wasn't spray painting the side of a building or anything crazy, but, you know, I would get grounded a lot. And then the only thing I'd be allowed to do would be go to karate at school, basically. <laughs> like, uh, so they'd take away the Nintendo, they'd take away the skateboard. No, I wouldn't be allowed oh. to talk to my friends. Uh, I would just be allowed to like do my homework, you know, hang out at home and go to karate. <laughs> Can you, um, this is a really funny story and makes me giggle just thinking about it. Can you repeat the, the rage biting story if you'd like? Well, I was thinking it was funny about rage quitting because I've been playing a game lately. It was a platformer. It's called um, Goblin Sword. It's like some indie game I picked up for like $2. I got real mad at it and had to stop. <laughs> like I was like, I can't uh, do this anymore. But uh, my friend Dan told me a story about how he, when he was a kid, he would get so mad that his controllers had bite marks all over them. Like he would just out of just rage, just bite the controller. 
I was dying when Jason told me. I was like, yeah, dying. I thought that's that's one of the funniest images in my head. Just some Jeez. kid like, ah! <laughs> I, I will say this that when I I hope I don't first, make him mad by telling that story. It's such a funny story to me. It's so I love, funny. I love it's such a good the, the biting it. Yeah, it is. and it's, it's not too. Well, have you guys broken controllers? I think when I was a kid, I might have smacked one on the ground, but no, okay, I've never I thrown through, one. Oh man, I've probably went through at least fifteen PlayStation Two controllers, easily, <laughs> easily. Madden, I oh, that's a good explain. game. Madden's great. I can't explain what Madden does to to you, like to your <laughs> psyche, and I can't yeah. explain what it, it does to you when you're playing a friend. Yeah, I had to. I genuinely don't play my friends in Madden anymore. It got to the point where like it just wasn't worth what was about to happen. And I had a friend in high school. We would uh, go play Madden at his brother's house, and we'd get him to buy us uh, Mickey's ice quartz. So when we were talking about it in front of our parents, we'd call it M and M's. Oh, nice! <laughs> like, hey, let's have some M and M's this weekend. I'm like, let's go drink at your brother's house and play Madden. Oh. yeah i guess, so yeah, I guess and we would just yell at each other all weekend it's, it's so violent <laughs> but how okay stupid like i have thrown the video controller like sure. around but how how did you how did you break it like was it a full smashing throw oh i would throw or it snapping oh okay i, I will say this yeah. so no Ground. it would be me throwing and it got really bad when I had a 360 because 360 controllers weren't very cheap when they first came out and they were wireless. So you could literally throw this thing you could really two it. rooms. Yeah. <laughs> really let it rip. <laughs> and the, so the last actual rage break I had was I threw, and this was like, this may have been maybe, not that long ago, maybe like four <laughs> years ago, I threw, uh, I had a gate that we used to keep our dog in like one area. This was after the dog was gone. I threw the gate at my stairs and it broke one of the posts <laughs> on the stairwell. <laughs> but luckily I can fix wood. So I was able to fix it, make it all nice. And I, but I, I, I did that. I you felt crazy after that. Yeah, I, so I broke the little, <laughs> the thing and i remember like looking at it broken and going i can't be like this anymore with these games because i will crap like yeah i really it was like it was this it was it was that reflection like wow i just broke my stairs i can't do it i can't do this so i'm sorry i'm laughing man that's no but it's true like it's... and it was only it was only because madden every other game i've played i've never gotten mad someone like should I do a dissertation men. like a psychological yeah, like, deep dive into know. why that game and i think part of it too is like how madden what it does to you and like the way you play it after a while because here's the thing there are times where that game 100 will like sabotage you without you even realizing it. Like you'll throw a pass that you throw every time. And then the one time it'll be intercepted for no reason. The so game the is game, cheating. Yeah, the game itself drives <laughs> you crazy. But playing your friends and having them intercept. And you know what? I have an aversion, I think, to people that like gloat. So I can't even like, 
I, I was happy the Chiefs lost only because watching Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey dance after they would pummel teams, I just can't deal with that kind of thing. So yeah. every one of my friends, when they would win the Madden, it would be a dance. Oh. Yep. And it would just drive me insane. I'm so glad that we started off talking about our mental health and how, no, it never really affected us. And now, and now it does. Now, <laughs> now yeah. you're telling us, like. No, nah, but I did break some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never, it never bothered me until I broke you 15 full Kyle and- <laughs> <laughs> So, Scott, I mean, let's let's yeah. talk about what you then do for your day job. I think that's a nice little uh, sidestep. Oh, yeah. So I I've been a collector my whole life, and I've had the great fortune of having friends that started businesses in this type of thing I liked. So anytime I was home for tour, I was able to like kind of get some like work working in like these little like video game, like collectible stores. Um, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. So luckily like one friend, Tim and another friend, Carrie both own these businesses and they've both been gracious enough to employ me it's different times in in my life so um but a lot of his stuff that i would work with was i would be kind of like a resale store so people would bring their games in but unlike a pawn shop it wasn't like you could just bring anything in obviously you had to have like really good condition video games really good conditioned like collectibles it wasn't like all things it was like everything like kind of 80s places like that around town here yeah like 80s it wasn't just like anything so um but i taught myself and a lot of that came from um, like teaching myself how to fix guitars because <laughs> i mean you can't afford to have a tech on tour you, so yeah you gotta like <laughs> fix your own shit so not a real but, tech yeah <laughs> like I, your body could tune the guitar and help you maybe yeah um but, and then they so, get yeah. to go do merch yeah they could do that <laughs> um but yeah so like i kind of like taught myself how to like do some simple like electronic repairs and in the video games because a lot of the stuff's very similar and how you solder and all that kind of thing so um yeah i was able to fix a bunch of different stuff tear tons of different systems apart and kind of see what goes on in them um and it was weird because i remember when i first started i like opening up a nintendo you're like wow there's like literally nothing going on in here there's like a board it's real super simple like it's probably mostly empty space i would think yeah (laughs) there's like so little things going on in nintendo but you know, there's like, and there's a few things that you just learn what usually breaks on them. And, and it's not too hard to repair a lot of that stuff. Um, it's really, really hard to repair a lot of the newer disc systems because there's so much else going on with them. But yeah, so I kind of do that. I get to relive like childhood stuff. Like I've been able to see things like I wouldn't have seen in my real life. Like there's a, an, an intent that I can't even talk. There's a Nintendo game called Little Samson. I don't know if you, it's like super rare. I would never be able to, not too great of a game, but it's just super rare. They made so many, so little quantities of it. And I got to see one in person because it's, I mean, you usually aren't going to see that kind of stuff. because it's. Uh, neat. Yeah. I was going to ask what, what some of the more rare things you'd seen come through there was. Yeah. Like little Samson I've seen. Um, there's, there's so many crazy Nintendo games. You wouldn't believe like the rarities of them. Um, yeah. What was something we, we were talking about those dragon warrior games mm-hmm. like the third and fourth one i think they only pressed maybe like a hundred thousand of them in the u.s yeah. or something like not that many of them nope I'm sure and most of them ended, in the, ended up in the garbage you know well that's people's people I mean, didn't know what they were yeah 
I can't tell you how many times, I mean, when I first got in, into this kind of business, you know, people were bringing Nintendo games and we were selling Dragon Warrior games. Like just for example, I remember when I bought way early on, I maybe paid 10 bucks for Dragon Warrior 3. You might've paid 10 bucks for it. Now it's like a hundred dollar game. And so much of that stuff has just exploded because everybody in our age bracket now has job, real jobs so they can go buy the stuff. And like, yeah. there's a, there's a whole collectible market for it. Um, and now we yeah, can actually beat the games. Yeah, yeah. You can actually, well, I still haven't well, beat Mike Tyson. Yeah. Damn it. Oh no, I was going to say, do, so the, the question of walkthroughs, guides and cheating, did you, <laughs> did you do that? Like when you get stuck, oh, yeah. like, Mm-hmm. You know, now it's so much easier i can watch a whole walkthrough on youtube it makes my life oh, a lot yeah. easier and I, can yeah. just like, I would do it yeah i, I absolutely do. do it yeah, yeah i don't I care do. yeah, yeah i, I, like, I don't yeah. Any pride actually <laughs> when stalemate was on tour and we were playing our way through uh ocarina of time my fr- friend eddie that played guitar in the band me and him had both started it at the same time and then i got stuck so i like somehow was able to get the guide and he just blew up. There is no pride in oh, saying no. you beat Zelda with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends like that too. So yeah, he just he just popped. I was like, I don't care. I want to have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do this, Jason or Jen? Did you ever get to the point where you couldn't beat something in the game and your friend could? So you just let them do it for you? I did. With, with I probably would, but yeah. <laughs> I, not that I can think of, but I think I, I would, for was, sure. I'm definitely not too proud. There was like a whole, like, I remember there was this whole thing, maybe it was just with Sega, I don't know, but I, there'd be, like, ways to get, like, extra life boxes in Sonic and, like, how to mm-hmm. have, like, all the, I mean, now there's all the mods and stuff on Skyrim, but, like, how to get extra money and extra treasure, how to, like, get extra invisible, like, there'd be, like, all these little hidden things that you could find or mm-hmm. codes that you could type in back in the day, oh, yeah. like, in your PC, like, I felt like I was like a real coder typing in like. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, but, I, yeah, I found all that stuff and try. I used it all. And, yeah. Um, actually, speaking of, I think I'll have, to, I'll have to look at this, but Steve from Further, I think he has some crazy thing too. I think he played like, he has some record in Super Mario or something. What? Yeah, I'll, to, <laughs> I'll have cool. to find out, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll text you when I find it. But yeah, Steve from Further Seems Forever, I think he, because he got into video games like crazy. Oh, I mean, man. he would go to like arcades and like, he met the dude, the Donkey Kong, Billy guy that everybody Oh my God. Hates. Yeah, he like, yeah, he got into that whole world. <laughs> Can you, or since we're talking about like fun, weird memorabilia, before we were recording properly, you were telling us about Zayo and a Nintendo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to know that about that. Where did I put? Okay, so we did, um, when we had our, not the newest record, but the record right before Well-Intentioned Virus, when that came out, we had the idea to do, just for fun, a remix album of all of it, but we didn't actually do it. We, like, went to, like, every one of our friends that did remixes and had them do a remix album for us. And it actually started because... um, Joey from Anne Berlin did a remix of one of the songs and we really liked it. So we were like, we should ask other people to do it. So we had a bunch of our friends do a bunch of remixes. And when we got the remix album done, Jeff, our drummer was like, why don't, well, actually, no, no, no. I'm, I get, totally got to fix that. So <laughs> Tim, the guy that I worked with at uh, the video game store, 
he, he actually, his business now does a lot of like reissued Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis cartridge games, like all like, like Capcom. He like got a, a deal with Capcom and he put out a Street Fighter game like in, in like a, a thousand quantity, like a legitimate cartridge from back then. He, they have I've like all the I've seen things stuff. like that. That's pretty yeah, cool. They, they have all What's the, the name of it? Uh, his company is Retrotainment. Retrotainment. So, yeah. So basically they do like now, because a lot of people started doing like hacks. So they'll like mm-hmm. release cartridges, but they're like a ROM hack or whatever. Um, my Tim, his business actually makes them legitimate games. So he came to me and was like, would you ever have any interest in doing uh, like a music cartridge? Because he found a way or his company found a way to actually put MP3s on like a Nintendo circuit board. And it got like super technical, but they were able to do this. Right. So he's like, you could put an album on a Nintendo cartridge that plays in the Nintendo and it, it'll have graphics and everything. Like I can do the graphic board. So like every song will have a separate, like, video game screen and all this crazy stuff so what he st- oh yeah, yeah. So he's, he started this whole thing with me. <laughs> and i so i went to jeff i'm like hey this remix album seems like it would be pretty awesome for this because it is like more electronic music so it, the whole like idea works like okay nintendo why would you know whatever so we ended up doing a really small run of them because they're really expensive to make but they have, it's a straight up Nintendo cartridge with the label on it, full on, goes right in your Nintendo. And there's something about the Nintendo, I didn't even know about this at all. Underneath, did you ever look at that weird little port cover? I never opened it, but I okay. think I saw someone talking about it on YouTube the other day. They're like, what yeah, is so, this? <laughs> so Nintendo, underneath the system itself there's a port cover and then they actually did like a they totally enclosed it if you cut off the plastic that's there that port was for them to like eventually get online with a nintendo so they knew about all this stuff that would happen eventually so you could you could this this like port would be open for you to do like because remember when sega did because sega actually sega did it where you could go online with sega I, think I it was do like Sega vaguely, CD. Yeah. 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 And there was so, a thing it would sit on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Nintendo had a port for that, but they never did anything with that port. They had but it just in case. They had it just in case. What you could do with that port, though, is it opens up the Nintendo to have able to accept like a stereo signal because Nintendos are just a mono signal for audio. So they incorporated that bottom port to have the stereo signal so you could have an mp3 play because you can't have you know it's stereo with music um so there was like all this technical stuff that went into it but it's really cool you can put the nintendo cartridge in the nintendo put it on your tv there's screens that pop up for every song and you can listen to the song and it's it's pretty amazing so yeah i'll have to i'll did find you a big release for that or we did we actually tried really hard because with Tim's but, company, but who's got they, an old Nintendo? <laughs> That's a yeah. very niche like crossover. Here, the most amazing thing about it is they sold out within like ten minutes. It was crazy. Like we put them up and we could like they were gone. Um, wow. And the last one I just saw somebody try to sell on eBay was like four hundred fifty bucks or something insane. So they, but we we were actually we did get a little bit of press in like 
some of the di- like IGN and some of the different like video uh, game magazines. Uh, and mainly because Tim, I mean, those dudes go to like the different video game, like convention conventions. Thank you. Yeah. So they go to like all these different video game conventions. They have a lot of friends in all those worlds. And, yeah. and, uh, and it was weird too. Cause I think we tried to push it, but like, a, like you said, Jason, it's like such a niche thing that like a lot of them, like, decibel and all these different like really awesome like magazines like well they don't know what to do with that stuff they're just like oh what, what's this it's not like a record you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so it wasn't like something we could really like really push yeah on, on the normal avenue like in the normal places we would but, but yeah, yeah i'll find it I, i'll find it yes please i'd love guys. to see that that's super cool Man, i don't know when you said the word convention i just thought do you guys like have you guys ever been to conventions then i started thinking about cosplay and then i started thinking about twitch like i used to watch the guy from silicon valley thomas middleditch play his computer games and just listen to him talking and i'm like what are you doing jen this is just you do realize the whole like younger community like kids well they're on twitch but they're totally love all this crap where people play video games and talk about it like my daughter's yeah. She watched Parker plays. It's on like freaking Nickelodeon or something. It's this kid that just playing. plays games and he's talking about what he's doing in the game. We could start one. We could start yeah, one. Like, <laughs> I can't believe how and the dude got a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> That's all it like, is. But it's like it's gone crazy. It goes into like the sexual realms too, where there's like really hot girls. And I'm like, I don't understand that. I'm like, whatever. Oh, and yeah. You know, it goes uh, into yep. like, let's we, we won't go into that. We could go into many topics, but probably some <laughs> They're capitalizing <laughs> off some lovely folks, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like cosplay gone wild. So, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't really played on Twitch too much, but I know that for, there's a lot of younger people that listen to this and that they, they go wild about it. So I just wanted to let everyone know that we do know what Twitch is and that we're yes. you know, across that. But I like going to, I've gone to a couple of conventions because um, I like to see what's coming out. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to Elden Ring coming out. I've got high expectations that it's like going to surpass Skyrim. Are there any games that you guys are looking forward to coming out? Hmm. No, uh, hopefully they'll come out with Breath of the Wild 2, <laughs> the Zelda game. Uh, and they are coming out with Dragon Quest Three, like we talked about earlier, but they're oh, doing wow. an, an <laughs> a, they're doing an HD two D remake of it. So, like, okay. um, did you see that game Octopath Traveler? Uh, well, it looks like that, but it's oh, sort of wow. like a new. You know, they they're updating it, but I'm I'm excited about that. What do you see as some of the benefits of computer games? Like, we we know the debate about all the the negative stuff, but we wanted to throw some light on it. So. I really feel like it is good for cognitive capabilities. I know for like a scientific fact that it improves your gray matter in your brain. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that anything that's creative and involving that side of you is always a positive thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, what haven't they talked about doctors playing video games that help their... Oh, yeah, I, just, like... I, think, I think I said you guys or Jason, I was giggling. I was like, if you're seeing a surgeon... Get mm-hmm. one that plays video games because their dexterity yeah. is thirty-seven yeah. percent more accurate. <laughs> See, oh, wow. yeah. And kids, like when they're playing the games, they're able to problem solve so much faster now than we were when we were kids. Like, and yeah, it's weird too because even if they're just playing by themselves, like their their whole because like, I watch Sydney play a lot of the stuff now, and just oh, the wow. way she's able to like her brain can kind of like work. multitasking it, as well yeah, like it's, yeah it's really 
it's really impressive to see and like especially too like when you're playing with a friend like you're it like the cooperative things for the games kind of helps their whole being in like society because you have friends and like they understand how people can like help each other and all that kind of thing i guess like the online community too like i don't like playing elder scrolls online it overwhelms Mm -hmm. me like it's just Mm -hmm. such an immersive massive game and you can go across like all the worlds but i know a lot of um younger especially men who tune into like this podcast they have said that during covid that was like a real safety net having even though you're not connecting perhaps in a way that is you know in a social manner but it was still they knew that there was someone at the other end like that they were playing with that there were people around them and you can have chats and all sorts of things online so there's that mm. that aspect of it too mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why but i do like prefer to play mario kart online uh, as opposed to just playing my way through it because i just i don't know how much different it really is but i just oh i know i'm actually playing with the there's like 12 people from. Okay, so at this point in the podcast, Scott was able to find the Zeo Nintendo game. So we got a little bit sidetracked. So this is him now explaining that once he had found it. All right, so oh we released God. it in this little like clear pack oh, box. Very stealth. I like it. And then it, I mean, it literally has an original like dust cover. I am like truly jealous. And then, <laughs> so there's the cart, just like the original. Oh my god, it's amazing! And then, just like yeah, you have your normal thing. If it doesn't work, be blowing it. Actually, no, <laughs> there's a getting it to work. So there's that, and then it comes with. I don't have one. I think, I think I gave it to somebody because I wasn't really worried about playing it. But the little chip you need to like play it, yeah. I don't have one. So I did a little little cover for it. Oh, and cool. what's even more insane, so this cover for that our remix record, did you see the guy Beeple that just that was the first guy to sell NFTs and he sold them for like three million dollars or, or actually no like 20 million dollars, I think it was, it was something insane. Yeah. So you you I'm sure you I get what you're talking about, about yeah. the whole NFT thing, right? Well, Beeple was the guy that did it first because he every day he would create new digital art and so when he sold his digital art it was literally like his digital art file that he sold to people so it was this whole like year's worth of digital art that he sold at like an art show and it i mean it was like the highest selling thing that this ever really saw and it was like the first thing so this art is beeple's art okay we actually got it licensed through Beeple before any of that stuff happened. Cause we, me and Jeff, like we were fans of his stuff and he would do like crazy things. Like if you go on, if you like follow him on Instagram, every, like every couple of days, there's a new piece of art he has up. And we, so we contacted Beeple and we just told him how much we loved all of this stuff. And he was so cool. And he allowed us to use it for like, we can't make shirts or anything like that, but we were able to put it on a record. So that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Another funny thing about that is we keep an eye because of what happened with his NFTs. We're the only band he's ever, I think we're probably the only band that's ever even asked him to be able to use any of his stuff. So we have for this reformat record, we did a picture disc. So it's people artwork on a 12 inch record. So there have been people that have no idea who our band is 
but will sell and buy these records because it's people's artwork. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> we saw one sell, and I don't think, I mean, I saw it one time. I don't, the guy probably might be mad now because he thought it was probably something else, but one, somebody <laughs> sold a record for $4,500 just because it was his artwork on there. But yeah, I don't, it, it's some uh, hype beast somewhere about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like, I can't believe the guy allowed us art and he was super cool about it. It was like, it was literally Jeff just being like, Hey man, we just love your stuff. We'd love to do it on this. And this is all we'll do it with. And he was super, really, really nice about it. Here's a very serious questions as you are both musicians. I don't know how to phrase this without <laughs> bagging out any other music, but some of the soundtrack, right? Like, I think who's picking that soundtrack music? Like, I mean, I know how it, it kind of works structurally, but do you guys know how about submitting your music to video games or is it something that, that you think you have to be asked for? Because I've no, seen... Well, like, I think they Jason, typically will hire a composer going into... Are you talking... Yeah, so are, are you talking about like... Well, like I know like... like games. Like, yeah, like so like I know is it... Um, is it summoned on Final Fantasy VII? Like they, and a lot of them are Japanese composers and then they get mm -hmm. someone to perform it like Black Mages or someone. But what about, uh, but like for some of the soundtracks where they actually use songs. Like, like songs. Yeah, so like so yeah. Like it's, Tony it's, Hawk. Yeah. 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 So essentially it's the same thing as having like whatever, I mean, for Zeo now it's weird because we own our label and we don't have any of that. that we're not yeah. in that world anymore. Um, yeah, that, but, ain't, that ain't happening to us anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not with that but attitude, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, what happens originally would be like, say, when we were on Ferret, Ferret would have a division that would just submit to movies and okay. all that kind of thing. And when video games started doing soundtracks, that kind of got in, uh, rolled up in the same type of company. So, like, if you submit, and, and they would, they would submit songs to like Tony Hawk or because Madden, NHL, mm -hmm. all those EA sports games have all of like songs, like yeah. bands that are bigger than us. But um, somehow so, we had not a as song good. on a Guitar Hero at some point. Did you? Like, yeah. Well, I think it was on like, like a DLC yep. kind of thing, not a not original game, but you could download That's more awesome. songs later. Well, yeah. I, and the thing that was cool though is even with a DLC, like, I mean, you were somebody had to like transpose it on the guitar to play it, so it was yeah. still like even though you were later, like, like Evergreen Terrace, if it was a later thing, was still like, that's pretty damn awesome. <laughs> and like yeah. you said, yeah, Darkest Hour had one. Yeah, yeah, of course um, I do. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of. I still can't yeah. talk about them, my heart. Oh, <laughs> I, know, I just saw so. that they canceled more. Like they had to cancel their European thing. I was like, oh, I was. Well, that's happening a lot, man. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm a, I'm a little oh, worried about. I was going to yep. say, I do do need to ask you guys. So Evergreen Terrace do have shows, and I know Scott from the last time we spoke is AOR. So you are performing around the US, Jason. Yep. Yes. Still. Yes. And, yeah. For now. Yeah. Little, yeah, a little bit for now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I've got like uh, Amity Affliction and Belinda Carlisle that are <laughs> to be coming out in February, but I. Haven't heard whether we're like together. Maybe that would be that would the be, best imagine show like ever. yeah, heaven is <laughs> heaven is a place on earth, but yeah. hardcore. Like it would be, it would be good. Oh, but um, I so I was telling Jason before I love the Castlevania soundtrack. Like to me, it reminds me of Dragon Force, and I like weird 
metal, mm-hmm. <laughs> like ridiculous mm-hmm. guitar solos. Are there any soundtracks that you guys absolutely love or sounds or particular things that, like, I also just love the Sega, like the, oh, yeah. the yeah. when it comes on. <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh, go ahead, Jason. I'm going to think. <laughs> I just did the, um, I'm going to talk about Dragon Quest again, but Dragon Quest 11 S it's the one they put out on the switch. Uh, but the soundtrack was done with um, someone else. They had already done it um, with MIDI on the like PlayStation version. And then when they put it out on the switch, they did it with the like Tokyo symphonic orchestra. So it's, oh, man. It, it's really gorgeous. I mean, it's just this whole actual orchestra playing the music. It isn't That's just beautiful soundtracks. Like computer I had, music. Yeah. I, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, on Spotify, there's like a whole playlist usually of like the the songs that accompany games. But I, I mean, yeah, there's I, one that there's something on YouTube. I'll look up. It's like relaxing SNES music. It's just really <laughs> better than ASMR. I'm sure there's probably ASMR video games. You know, um, I still have no idea what that means. It's I've ASMR. What... I'm afraid to Google it. It's, it's basically people just talking sexily about things and it's it's very strange but what does it stand for it's so like autonomous ASMR. sensory meridian response so here's what's so i mean and this is human condition right human condition is that it, we turn everything sexual but the, like i've seen the videos where they're just like take that back <laughs> but isn't it just like the sensory sound like giving you chills because like, like i've watched the crackling you know like on phones yeah you know, like they have i've watched too. asm asmr where it's literally just somebody where they'll like put stuff on the cam like on the, like on the microphone real yeah, lightly no, no. and you'll like you'll get the little like the, the little goosebumps, goosebumps because it's yeah where they start whispering it gets really weird if you could be a character in a game who would you be and why? Like, if you had to be that character oh. for eternity, but that's how you had to for represent eternity. yourself for eternity, Jason. If you had to, I don't know. They're all in a pretty bad predicament. Well, <laughs> you know, like I don't know if I want to live like that. I- Tony Hawk, I <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Would you be Tony um, Hawk? Well, you just skate your way through life. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of questions. You'd be just, that's all you'd have to do. We can and come back stack, to it. Stack, stack. I mean. I'm thinking Link initially. That seems like fun. Link. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun just to be able to drop into one. Yeah, like if you well, if you could just like willy nilly be in one. You know, willy nilly. Jason, who says willy nilly? Yeah. (laughs) I guess people from the south. Yeah, I'd go. uh, I'd go to Streets of Rage and just whoop some ass and then go home. And go home. (laughs) Have you guys played any virtual reality games? And what are your thoughts on them? I'm not. No. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I I've had like a I don't see thing. the like. I well, mean, it pro- other than just like ooh. But that would make that makes I'm really bad now. Like this recent trip when I went to Disney, it's like wow, I can't handle spinning like this way. I can only go a certain way. Like I get really sick. So I, the notion of like I think on the wrong teacup. Yes, I can't do the teacup. I like, don't spin it. Don't spin it. Um, <laughs> I think it was Sky something like Skyrim because it's so expansive. I feel like it would be claustrophobic to play it on virtual reality. Mm. Well, have you? So I did get for a second, and I didn't get to play it long. But the VR for PlayStation, I played the Resident Evil Biohazard game that they did for mm. VR, okay. and it with VR, I think that we're like we're right at like the beginning of it getting really cool, right? Mm. Eventually, 
if it gets to the point where like 4k gaming you can't discern it from like real life like okay did you guys i, I don't know if you've and I'm not, i don't want to spoil anything but did you watch the newest or is anybody in the book of boba fett yes oh yeah okay yeah. love it absolutely love it the newest episode they have luke yes right okay it looks even better than that other yes one. so yeah. you so okay. mandalorian came out not even a year ago and the jump from that Luke to what Luke looks like now is pretty yeah. insane. So within what, two, three years, video games with like the newer systems and newer consoles being able to handle more processing speed. If you have VR on like an Xbox X or a PlayStation 5 within two years, it's going to be pretty tough to desert. And I, right now there's some things that you probably have, could have trouble telling the difference between computer and like in, in the car racing games, I think the cars look pretty realistic, but like people are always really hard to do, but they're getting really close to making people look yeah. really close. Right. Yeah. So when I played biohazard, it, it doesn't, it, it almost needs to come around your head a little more because it does like have peripheral? like a certain view. Yeah. Like it does stop in a certain area where, where it's still pretty noticeable that it's not, but if you can get it right, I think it could be pretty amazing. And I just like all the applications that you could do with it. Like if you're playing. They're going to need a big helmet to go around. Your yeah. Like, yeah. So, but like. I was always, <laughs> that's I mean, more antisocial. Yeah. That's what the fear is. Well, or, I mean, yeah. have you guys watched Black Mirror? Oh, I love Black Mirror. No, I'm afraid okay. to start. Oh, it's so good. Oh, Black Mirror it's is like so good. my favorite genre of writing. Like Charlie Booker is one of my all-time favorite writers. Yeah. It's so the yeah, the show's amazing. There's an episode of Black Mirror where they have, you know, everything's like sensorial, like temp like in your temporal lobe or whatever. So you can like just oh, wow. yeah, yeah, you don't even have VR that like, hooks up to your it's like, like a oh, it's so good. Are you talking about yeah. San Junipero or the gay the there's like that you well, know, the gay lovers the two, they connect yeah, the, by a computer yes, game. Yeah, the yeah. video game. Yep, yep. Yeah. And the video game, they're like they just like basically like connect to the system mentally, and it's not yeah. even like a VR anymore. It's just in your. It's, it's almost like a like telepathic. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. If that, who knows if that stuff could come to be? I mean, yeah, I why not? Yeah. It's kind of I hard think to that, see like how far they can actually stretch it because look yeah, at how like, far it's come from when we were playing like. My, my Commodore 64 typing in something That's to it. now. And look phenomenal. how fast, mm. look how fast things progress. I mean, for us, I remember when like 360 came out and you're like, I, this is like the future. And like, yeah. and then it was like 10 years and you got Xbox One. Now it's like every three years, it's something crazy, crazy, crazy. And now Luke, in a year, Luke went from what he looked like to what he looks like now. And he looks like he's almost, it's almost him. Yeah, so, yeah, I was like, oh, this is barely discernible. I can't tell yes. that they've like, it's a totally it's different right. guy that they've like put Luke Skywalker's face on. Yeah, it's and it's like so crazy. I find in Death Stranding though, you know how they use um, Norman Reedus. So I think it's hard mm. when they're like a, mm. a really notable character, obviously from The Walking Dead. Like, and I, I love The Walking Dead and I love watching. It's the same with Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk, like how they do all the, I don't know, what's it called? Mapping, like where they green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm how they do that but I find it kind of distracting because I'm still associating him as that character so in Death mm. Stranding it's like I can't really separate mm. the two so I find that kind of weird and then I'm also like Jason Jason Alexander has that same problem yeah yes 
play George on Seinfeld. He's only George forever. See, I can't separate. And it's weird. I can't, haven't really got into Death Stranding because there's like some weird mental barrier, which is stupid, but it's also kind of a hard game. But like, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird with celebrities and crossing over and then playing multiple characters. I feel like my worlds are too, they're just colliding too much for me. So I feel like I have to get them very separate. That's why I like Skyrim, because I create the character. You got, as opposed yep. to being told, uh, as opposed to here's being told your character. who my character is. I like, and I can spend like a good couple of hours creating my Skyrim characters. And I know a lot of females in particular, loved, it's the creation of it. Like my hair and my makeup and they're mm-hmm. like, You can do the whole- My armor and my blah, blah. Yeah, correct. And all, my, <laughs> and all my abilities, like rather than in board games where you just roll and you get told like mm-hmm. what your strength like level is and stuff. So- I'm yeah. hoping uh, for Norman Reedus to be Ghost Rider. Oh. In the MCU. I think that'd be wow. cool. Wow. That would be really cool. <laughs> That's my fan, my fan casting. Do you remember the, the Larry series on PC? Like oh, the, the, the Leisure Suit Larry? Le- yeah, Leisure Larry. Leisure and Suit Larry, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like have this vague recollection like of someone who lived off the street of their, her dad. They're like dirty, aren't they? Yeah, and I yeah. remember kind of like, I was really young. And now that I think back on it, I was like, that's very highly inappropriate game. <laughs> like, suit, well, you know. Yeah, dirty old man playing yeah, and Leisure now Suit just Larry. Like, <laughs> it was kind well, of like the my... original sex games. Like, like, well, but... Atari had, they Atari released some like, pornographic games um i can't remember what the names of them what? are now but i've oh yeah there's atari por- like straight at- real atari pornographic games yeah, yeah you can get like mods um, for skyrim that are full pornography like you can change the whole point like, and i'm like well, what's the one <laughs> oh that goes that back was... to what you said that uh people will find a way to turn everything into something yeah, sexual they... <laughs> well, i remember when one of the weirdest games to me that i couldn't believe was on so nintendo is known as like a kid-friendly system but they were had bmx xxx on that system and that game that game it's literally <laughs> that just nude the cycling purpose. yeah it's the purpose oh. of the game is like you literally just you're trying to undress bmx girls right like riding bmx bikes that'd be very <laughs> tricky like, if you think about that really how would one undress so i'm whilst in yeah it's on a just BMX so bike. insane and oh god and I don't look oh, at a guy like character and go, ooh, he's got like a nice armor and jewel <laughs> hammer that I can. But, but no. someone does. Someone yes, does, Jason. Do. Someone does. Someone does. <laughs> Probably many of them. Thus, millions <laughs> of gaming girls that play. Yes. Scott, what, what yep. uh, shows do you have coming up? Man, well, we've, we're trying to do a couple different touring scenarios that haven't mm. we're still like kind of working through them we are doing this weird little fest uh in pittsburgh that um has a it's a band that's reuniting that like was the reason one of the reasons why like we sound like we do because like they were like a local band that like we love so like they uh-huh. reunited it's called sincerity fest and then we're just waiting we still haven't heard anything from furnace fest but they're still like getting all that stuff ready. So I don't know if we'll do that. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that last year was so much fun. Uh, uh, it was for us as well. Yeah, it um, was so much. And it's like. I think they're trying to make it not quite as. I think they're trying to make the lineup as different as they can. Yes. From last yeah. year. That's, We're not yeah, holding that, our breath. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, they, they had stretch come back for I this year. And then yeah, we are, whatever. we're doing. Have you guys ever done that Blue Ridge Fest? It's like some weird, it seems a little more. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Blue so Ridge Rock Fest. 
something like that. But it's yeah. those fests are always so weird to me because they're like it's like mixing bands like of our stature with like slip pots like size bands. It's just real strange. So and those like, t- and sugar cult. Yeah. <laughs> or like, whatever. What? <laughs> Aren't you yeah. Evergreen? Uh, aren't you Evergreen? You, Jason, you guys heading? <laughs> blah, 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 yeah. Um, looking at heading overseas. I thought I saw somewhere that you guys were playing. Yeah, we're trying to tentatively. We're going to Europe in uh, yeah. over the summer, like July, late July, August. We got a couple other things in the yeah. pipe that that just aren't announced or yeah. put together just yet. But awesome. um, we're playing a show in a couple weeks uh in orlando it's something like it's like the used and berlin yep i saw that high school days yeah story of the year red jumpsuit and then us and then like uh some other local bands we did a show with that same promoter in june and it was really good uh Mm. that that one was with like emory and taking back sunday i haven't listened to emory forever they were really good uh live yeah i I thought um I they love really nice guys as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that song they go? Do, 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 do. Is that them? <laughs> <laughs> Very that's specific, Jason. That's it. That's that that's could be it. a I game show. You need to incorporate game shows on I could. <laughs> as both of you experience anxiety, can you explain or let people know how does that play out when you're on stage, if at all? There, there's a weird comfort, I feel like. I get okay. a little anxious before it, but um, more like when you're about to go on a roller coaster kind of anxious. Like a fun excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there's a difference. I've been doing between... it since before I could drive a car. So when I get up on there, I, I, I feel more at home there than I do in most other circumstances. There's there's a differentiation for me from, because like, I don't have nerves. My anxiety from just having to like get in a car to go to a show, it's already heightened. So like yeah. I'm already heightened from that. And then I'm already heightened when I get there and like being around a lot of people, even like before COVID, I just was always, but what, yeah. what happens is I don't like people, that part. Yeah. And like a lot of people like, and Jason, you might be the same way. Like I'm super like nice and talkative and I'm real personable, but that's like totally covering up. I'm just like acting and covering <laughs> up. I'm not like yeah, like I, I, I'm totally real, but what happens is like I I can put on a, a like like inside I'm like <laughs> and I can put yeah. on hey man what's up how are you and like you know and it's really like so all of these other yeah. anxiety kits like just always crush me and then when I'm on stage I'm like I, I I totally feel that like hey this is one this is what I love to do and two like I feel this is where I'm in control yeah like I oh, can, okay. But, but there's also like, you know, like the anxiety of just like everything else crushes your head, like crushes me all the time. So like being on stage for that, like 45 minutes or whatever is like, and like I was telling you last time, like, I just don't feel like I did it. Like I'll come yes. off stage and be like, doesn't feel like I played. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, you go into this like other space. Um, oh, totally. And it's, but what's nice about that other space is that anxiety that you just felt before you got on stage is gone for that 45 minutes. Then you get off, but that anxiety is all still there. So yeah, it's sort of, you're forced to, um, to be present, pay attention to what I'm doing. I don't have the option to let my mind wander is not there. That's it. With your Uh, ADHD, Jason, does that, does that mean that you, because we were talking about being present and I struggle, you know, like to be fully in the moment and just like, so 
does your type of ADHD, are you super focused? And then is it like, does that ever impact your playing? I'll go in like, when it comes to like writing, that's something that's sort of sporadic for me. Okay. Um, where if I do have an idea and I can't get it out of my head, then, you know, that's when I might stay up all night doing something. But, um, yeah. you know, when I try to play scales and practice and all that stuff, you know, it, that does, the, the act of doing something physical makes me be present. Doing yoga instead of meditating helps me be present because the physicality of what I'm doing yeah, okay. and will force me to be there if that makes any sense or, or doesn't mm-hmm. let my mind go somewhere else. Uh, but I will say this, like if I was ever forced to be like out on stage with by myself singing and playing guitar, it would, I, there, I, don't, I don't know if I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm, cause like, even with like doing things that you're being paid attention to, there's still like the comfort of the whole thing happening. So like, even though I'm focused on, it's not like there's still like, things going on that you're not like yeah you're playing a hardcore show a hardcore show is a little different because people Mm -hmm. are being entertained by the moment of it all Mm -hmm. ideally rather than you up there yeah driving or whatever (laughs) hey everybody look at me if i'm doing whatever by myself there's still rust falling on his face and so it's like there's so many other things they're looking at andrew not me (laughs) 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 or brad I just wanted to thank both of you so much for joining me. Thank you for all your insights and for fun and for nerding out with me. And hopefully we'll see some Zayo and some Evergreen Terror shows soon. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Man, thanks oh, for having us. Loved it. Loved yeah, this, this is fun. I, I could have yacked on with you all, all night. I, I have a friend that does um, stand-up, like where he's trying to get into it. And uh, for some reason I was thinking about just, I just putting myself in that situation like what would it be like to be on stage and just hold no no just a microphone trying to talk and i just i like started shaking myself i was like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, oh, like why am i nervous i'm not planning on doing that at all <laughs> like it just the thought of it made me nervous did you just, ever think about doing stand-up jason i've thought of it but yeah that was what that was that was the far i was like oh it's god just, i, I want to throw up just thinking about it <laughs> Yeah. But some yeah. people are not there to see you. Sometimes somebody's going to take a couple of sliced lemons from the bar and hit you in the face with them. That you yeah. If you are not willing to have something like that happen to you, you should not get on stage. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, was like, were they just like, you were really shit? No, it's like, you suck! Boom! <laughs> well, I didn't. That's real, I was like, huh? Oh, it's a couple of lemons from the bar. <laughs> I just, just laughed. I guess maybe it just comes with that you guys have been playing for eternity, but do you kind of get upset when that stuff happens? Like, oh shit, someone's physically throwing something at me because they don't like my dance. You know what? I, I have a I have a good perspective on this. Yeah, and it depends. It depends on the, the situation because we okay. we this is hilarious. I mean, it there doesn't happen some, as much these days. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> we're when Google. we were when we were we we signed with a new booking agency and they were trying to like get us to like play and for some stupid reason they thought like let's open them usually up usually when you're on some job. weird show yeah like some stupid thing we opened for accept they're like a swedish band and their big oh. hit was balls to the wall girl it's like it's, it's, <laughs> seriously you know the song you, okay. if I, yeah. so we we open up for accept and man this dude was so i got a beer bottle thrown at me and then he came on stage grabbed my microphone stand and threw it at my threw it at me and 
Yeah. So it sucked. It's it sucked. But after it, I'm like, you know what? If I was an Accept fan, I'd be pissed off too. I don't want to see this kind of shit. But hey, I want to watch Accept. I get things. it. But sure, well, yeah. the dude got kicked out. He didn't even get to watch Accept. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you? But I guess it's the circumstance. So like that situation, I can like understand. But like if it's like. I don't think I've ever had it happen to me unless it was in that situation. So like, I, whatever. Yeah. it is what it yeah. is. It sucks, Usually it's but. been when we were on some show, there was like a, another time when we were on and actually there was several times when we were, we did that sounds of the underground. Uh, tour. Oh, yeah. This is like 2006. And there was like cannibal corpse, guar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love, I'd love to see them. Oh. oh yeah. I watched them every day. It was amazing. Oh, and then, um, yeah. But there was a bunch of like, also, gosh, what was the name of that band? There was some sort of like death metal or like black metal band where they had like white makeup, corpse paint kind of band. And every once in a while, they every day they would change up the lineup, except for the headliners. So sometimes we'd be playing right before this like black metal band and there'd be like their fans lined up waiting. And, you know, we're like playing in Vancouver one day and somebody's like, between one of the songs, it's dead silence and somebody's just like, Fuck you, emo. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. Okay. Just fuck Same. you, emo. <laughs> oh, and then uh, he went to throw some coke at us. <laughs> Our drummer stood up before he threw it. He goes, I will beat your ass. And the guy just went and put the lid okay. back on the drink. <laughs> I was like, all right. So yeah. Vancouver, I think... It wasn't Vancouver. It was Canada, though, still. We were on mm. In Flames. We were on a tour with In Flames <laughs> oh, and Trivium. I love In Flames. Oh, and Trivium. Sorry. Yeah, right, before, right before we played, we had a guy out in front. We're, like, all setting up. And he said, I hope, well, he definitely said a horrible term, like a very bad slur to us. Sure. I hope you blah blahs aren't emo. Yeah. <laughs> he literally said that. And like, I, why not? I, yeah and i look i went up to, i literally went up to the mic and i said we're not emo sir and then we started playing it, it we won them over it was incredible. yeah good because you're so not emo <laughs> but what is it with them it, like not there's one a, emo there's aspect a, there's a st- there's a metal fan metal fans in canada man they don't want you to be emo no, but i like <laughs> Jesus, God forbid you have a spectrum of diversity of taste. I know. Like, we sing a little bit. Oh no! Finish him. I can't believe all of what I've missed when I was a child. It's just because of the blood. Because I had to have blood. What I uh, understood was that the blood in the SNES Mortal Kombat had been turned into, uh, or maybe it was, uh, they made it gray or something. So it wasn't actually red. There was, well, from what I found out, like you just literally, they had it turned off. So you had to go in the mm. settings and turn it on. So like you would get the game. A blood button? Like, yeah, like it's it was default, no blood. But there was a button you could just hit, like, or like a little slider. Like, oh, I want the blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, but Genesis was like, the default was blood. And I was like, oh, that's way cooler. <laughs> Random question. Do you guys invert your axis when you're playing games? So, like, I always have to invert my axis. And, like, the, the camera angle? Yeah, because I can't. So, when I'm playing with the control, if I go up, I want that to be forward, not down. Does that make sense? So, oh, yeah. I see. Oh, I invert it, too. Uh, I look at it as, like, 
if I I feel like I'm holding a camera, so like I'll point to the, to the right if I want to look to the left. It's almost as if I'm controlling the back of my head instead of the view of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a mind blow to me because I think that's why I got so angry at Skyrim for so long because <gasps> I never did that. I try that now because I have Skyrim. I just like, I'm like, oh God, every time I play it, I get annoyed. But like, have you, have you guys played like <laughs> Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. You don't have to invert anything on there. No, but with you know, some, some games will do it one way and some will have it the other. And then okay. like I yeah, tried cause... to play that Monster Hunter Rise and, and okay. I had to invert it because I just couldn't even walk. I was like, well, I, uh, I can't even walk. I'm going to go back to Skyrim. I'm going to yeah. do it tonight. Yeah, Skyrim's like the best game. because, And then once you've done that, you'll be able to like, because it drove me insane too, especially the start. I just kept like, I was just looking at the ground or like walking yeah, sideways. Yeah, it drives me crazy.